0: Okay, good morning. This is Richard Hsu, host of Shoe Untied. Uh, This morning, I'm very pleased and thrilled to have as my guest uh, Professor Angela Duckworth, who's a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, also the founder and CEO of Character Lab, author of the best-selling book, Grit. Angela, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for having me. So Angela,
0: let me start by asking you, um, how did you come up with this idea? How did it come to you to begin with? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it germinated with you for a long time, but tell me a little bit how it, how it came to pass.
1: Well, my interest in achievement dates probably back to when I was a little girl with a you know father who was obsessed with achievement, but more recently, um I had been a teacher, and I was looking at these kids in my classroom and you know some kids who are really talented and and bright um, you know didn't end up doing so well at the end of the year and when I looked at why that was, you know it really came down to the quantity and the quality of their effort and how. Consistently, they were able to put in effort over the course of months. Um, Now I study high achievers in business and in other domains like sports and music. And I think this idea of stamina and, you know, really coming back to something and putting in high quality effort again and again and again. I mean, this is, I think, what separates the truly great from the, you know, pretty good. Well, how does,
0: I mean, how does how does grit differ from just, you know, hard work? Because I mean, obviously, people know that hard work results in success. I mean, how are they different?
1: I think there's um, at least two differences. One is that I define grit as not only uh, hard work and perseverance, uh, but also passion. And when I when I say this, um, I'm gonna I mean, what, the people who are like this will be like, "Oh, I totally know what you mean." To be, to have passion the way I mean it is like to be voluntarily obsessed. You know, like you're thinking about a problem or or your work, like all the time. I mean, not just like nine to five, but like you're thinking about it at dinner. You think about it before you go to bed. You think about it when you wake up in the morning. And for me, because I sometimes get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. Like I'm literally dreaming about my work. And so this kind of love for what you do and this voluntary obsession is not, um, it's not merely hard work, right? Um, you could be you could be a hard worker at something that you don't care all that much about. Mm. So that's one um, thing. And the other thing is that when I say perseverance, I don't just mean hard work either. I think there's resilience. Um, you know, there are some people who are hard workers, but when things go badly, um, they kind of fall apart. And, and I think the the, the part of perseverance, which is really getting up again, is really important.
0: Now, where did you come up with the term grit? Or is that – how did
1: you – <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to give credit to the John Wayne um, Western uh, True Grit, um, which I had seen when I was in graduate school and working on this concept. And my doctoral advisor, um, a very well-known psychologist named Marty Seligman, whose work you might know, um, he said, you know, I'm, I'm not really going to talk to you about this stuff anymore until you give me a word for it because I didn't have a word for it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down on a piece of paper like stamina, pluck, Um, persistence but you know that I was trying to get at this blend of like passionate and I said grit and he said that's a good word and that's what we stuck with.
0: Wow how fortuitous that really ended up being a (laughs) a nice word didn't it?
1: It's nice it's one syllable yeah I like it.
0: So tell me when you were studying these kids and observing this thing I mean what about you how would you characterize yourself do you think it was it something like wow I recognize that in myself do you think you have grit?
1: You know, last night I was interviewing or actually just having a conversation really with an entrepreneur a woman um, who started something called The Muse. It's now very successful. And she was telling um, the story of how she had gotten rejected 148 times in a row by um, investors. You know, you kind of say and you're like, but can you just imagine like getting all dressed up, you know, taking your deck and like getting injured 148 times without interruption? Um and I asked her like what her reaction was in the moment because um, the guy sitting next to me is a very successful CEO and he said, she is the grittiest person I know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so her reaction was, um, uh that she uh you know had no loss of confidence in the idea itself that she was selling mm-hmm. um in part because when she thought about it and she understood like why people were rejecting it it didn't it didn't make her question her own assumptions in the sense that like she understood why they were rejecting it they didn't understand her audience mm-hmm. um so i would say this i recognize in her what i see a little bit in me although i'm not going to pretend to be as gritty as this um a woman leader, which is that like, there is a kind of like, I'll show you response that I have that the people I study had in the face of challenge when people say, I don't think your podcast is going to work or like, I don't really like this company idea that you have this like welling of rebellious fire in you that says like, I'll show you. And I do think I have a bit of that myself. Hmm.
0: Well, what was your childhood dream? I mean, I assume it wasn't to become this author and professor. What what was was your (laughs) dream?
1: Um, I was somebody who really wanted to make a difference in education. I can't say that I had that ambition as a kid, cause you know, you're a kid and you're probably not like thinking about other kids right. in the same way that adults do. But, um, but I, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to do something to be helpful. And then when I got into about, um, I guess my college years and I started tutoring in, you know, just in the neighborhoods that were near my campus, mm-hmm. um, I guess I just realized like, holy smokes, like the world is um, uh, not a fair place. And these kids are like, I mean, they were close enough to my age that I realized like, wow, they should be able to read by now. Like they, (laughs) they don't even know how to do math. Um, So I guess I would say that um, my early ambition was to do something in education. And, you know, some career advice that I would give to people who, um, you know, may not know what they want to do is that There is this kind of like sculpting of your life in ways that are not um, predictable. And I wouldn't have been able to tell you when I was a a young adult, even that like I would eventually become a psychologist and a psychologist would be like a scientist would be the way to help kids in education. Um, So you can't always predict the future. And so the career advice is like go and do stuff, um, you know, build your future, but don't try to predict it.
0: Well, now, do you think grit is, I mean, is it just something people either have it or they don't? Is it something you can actually, you know, nurture? Or what would you say about that now that you've observed it so much?
1: I think that almost every feature of human nature is malleable and therefore buildable and therefore um Practicable and therefore learnable. And, and, um, and I don't want to say that, you know, anybody could be, um, LeBron James, right? Like, you know, anybody can be anything. I mean, that makes a good bumper sticker, but I don't believe it's true. So I'm not saying that there aren't, um, things that we're, uh, naturally good at, but I, I do think that, um, if somebody says to me, you know, I wish I had more passion for my work. I wish that I were, um, more disciplined about, um, about, about getting better and improving, um, I wish I were more resilient, you know, and they asked me, like, can I change any of those things or are they fixed? Um, I would say all of those things are malleable. And and the way to do this is to, um, you know, the way to improve yourself is to start by um, reverse engineering the people that you want to be like, you know, it's not a mystery if you start asking the question, like, how do they do that? Why do they do that? Um, You can copy them. Well, do
0: you think and is grit something that you can actually identify like at a really young age or I mean like when you see like a, a 5 or 10 year old kid, can you kind of say like hey, I can see that already or or what would you say about that?
1: I think that the most gritty people, you know, the the kind of paragons of grit if you want to call them that, um that I study, when I ask them about what their childhoods are like, um not all but many, probably most will say that um, they always remember being a kind of fiery, stubborn, um, hardworking person. Um, So I do believe that you can see traces of grit or beginnings of grit in young people. At the same time, I want to say that um, every one of these people also tells me stories about how they developed over time, and they learned really invaluable lessons. And um, I, I don't want to to make it sound like um, like you, you basically have uh, you know grit when you're a kid, and then it just happens to like you know develop over time without intention. In other words, I think you know if you're a parent, for example, and you're listening, you know there's a, there's there's a lot that a parent can do to help their kids become you know grittier you know, among other things, of course, like kind and, and, uh, curious, et cetera.
0: Now, when you first started observing this thing, even before you had a word for it, grit, um, was, did it, uh, did you kind of know right away that you were onto something or were you thinking, well, this is just, maybe this is really just hard work or like, or did you think like, okay, there really is something I'm identified that's different than what people understand?
1: I thought, and I still think that what I've been, um, calling grit is, um, is not exactly the same thing as just being like a conscientious person or a, um, just a hard worker. You know, I am especially convinced about that when I meet people who are really great at what they do. And that's a rare privilege, right? Like I do get to work with, um, you know, professional athletes and, you know, uh, NFL coaches. And I do get to work with Nobel prize winners. And I do get to study, you know, people who win, um, uh, prizes in, in, you know, literature. And when you look at the people who are really great, it is not just that they are like conscientious, dependable, uh, you know, hardworking people, there is this kind of magical combination of um, the kind of like sustained voluntary obsession that I call passion and this, um, you know, not, not just being a pretty hard worker but extraordinary work ethic and then this, um, this resilience that comes, I think, from um, uh, being an optimistic uh, person who's always looking for what they can change and not um, the kind of person who defaults to, uh, you know, looking at things that they can't change. So this amalgam of qualities that I call grit I do think is, is very special. Now tell me a
0: little bit about how your study of grit has influenced your own grittiness as, as, as you are also developing your own career and your progress as your own, you know, in, in your own professional career
1: the wonderful thing about psychology is that you can apply it to yourself and to your team. I have a, you know, a nonprofit called character lab and I'm trying to to create a culture. So, For me, it's a very small scale, but for many others, I'm sure listening, have many more people to to manage and to develop under them. Um, So I get to apply these lessons, you know, to that and to my parenting. Um, I think that one of the most powerful things I can say as a scientist who studies human nature is that, you know, understanding um, doesn't guarantee that you're going to do something well. Um, You know, it's easier to say something than to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Easier said than done. But... It is helpful, right? I mean, I think it's the reason why you have interviews like the one we're having is that when you understand how motivation works or the psychology of failure or the psychology of resilience, like it does give you an edge. And I have, um, I think become a better parent because of this research. Um, when my kids, um, you know, come home, you know, disappointed because like, you know, they came in eighth place at a track meet, like I understand the psychology of what's going on. Um, I even have a sense of like what might be going on in the brain when, you know, uh, when somebody experiences defeat, um, it helps me say things that I hope are, um, uh, you know, realistic, but encouraging. So, I I do think that awareness and understanding make us better people.
0: Now, you've been studying this grit for a while. I know you've got the Character Lab. Do you feel like there's still a lot more to study about this? Or do you feel like, you know, you sort of reaching the point of where you understand this problem now? What would you say about that?
1: I think we're just at the beginning, you know, I mean, there, there hasn't been a real science of of human nature for more than like 100 years, right? Like, the, the, you know, the experiments, the data collection, I mean, it's it's only about a century old. Um, And, and if you look at what psychology was like, you know, 200 years ago, it was just like, just like a kind of philosophy, you know, just people like talking about stuff, but never really collecting any data. So we're, we're really just the beginning. I mean, I think there's a lot that we know that should be shared, but I think there's a whole lot more that we don't know.
0: Have you started working on another book yet?
1: Um, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever write another book. Um, I, you know, I'm All not, right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not somebody who like self identifies as a As a writer, I I think I, yeah, an author, I think I self-identify as a scientist. Um, and what I'm trying to do now is more science on, you know, how people develop their passion and, um, Uh, you know, for one thing, for just giving you a a specific example, you know, I think one of the things that makes people really gritty is they have clarity, like they know what they want. And they know what they want in the most profound sense. They know what they're doing today. They know how today adds up to their plan for the next year. They know how this year adds up to the plan for the 10 years. They know what they're going to do with their life. You know, it's like a goal pyramid, I call it, where the top level goal is like what you're trying to accomplish, you know, at least professionally. And then everything else is very kind of, you know, orderly in terms of like, oh, this is why I'm here, to, this is why I'm even having this podcast interview. So I think clarity is something that um, you know we could develop an intervention around. Like, how do you get somebody from not being clear about what they want to, to being clear? So I don't know if there's another book on my horizon, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of scientific discovery that I hope is on my horizon.
0: Well, what is the difference between what, the work that you do as a university professor versus what you're doing at Character Lab?
1: As a professor, you have two jobs. You're supposed to teach and you're supposed to do research, at least at my university. Um, and I do both of those things. I'm a full-time professor here at Penn, and I love both of those things. But Character Lab actually has a different ambition. Um, we are trying to actually um, translate all of this scientific discovery into actionable advice for for parents and for teachers and that is different from the university's mission so we have a 501c3 and we have a website called characterlab.org soon I will have a podcast like you do um, very specifically for for parents and teachers who want science based advice Um, and uh, we also basically we support scientists at places like Stanford and, and Harvard and many other universities who want to do research on kids but find it very difficult to get into schools and we are trying to really increase by ten or even a hundredfold, the number of scientific discoveries about, um, you know, how kids g- can grow up to, to, you know, be happy and to be successful.
0: Well, since you started this whole grit thing, are, do you find that it's sort of opened up a whole new area of research, Are a lot of people also studying this now, now that you've kind of identified this sort of niche feature?
1: there is an actual, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it's like everybody in psychology, but a lot more people are studying it than, um, than did before. And I, I do want to also say, because this is part of science, you know, science is not sales. Um, science is about like what's true. And in science, there are always going to be disagreements because there is no scientist who, you know, has a monopoly on the truth. And I am sure that I have said things that like other scientists would disagree about. Mm-hmm. You know, you asked me about being a hard worker. I think there are some scientists who think that like really grit is just a new name for, for 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 hard work. And so um, there's a lot of science. Some of it is um, stuff that, you know, I would agree with. And some of it is, you know, very critical of my work. And um, I think if you're going to be a true scientist, you have to just um, not only accept that, you have to embrace that. Um, Because we're not selling cars here, right? We're like trying to figure out, you know, what is the nature of human nature? I'm happy that there's a lot of science and I'm a human. So it hurts my feelings sometimes when people say that, you know... This work, I don't like this study, but um, but it's part of the game of science, the work of science. And I think it's legitimate. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, obviously, you're very young. You've got a huge, long career for you. Do you think you're going to be doing this grit thing for for your entire career? or Do you see yourself at some (laughs) point moving on to something else?
1: Well, thank you for telling me that I'm young. I don't feel like I'm that young. I'm 48 and a half, so you know that's uh, more than halfway probably through my life. And um, you know, who knows? I, you know, I have to say this for a very long time. I think even since my 20s, I have lived my life thinking that it was very short. Um, and I know that sounds morbid, but uh, but really, it's just true. I mean, like you or I, are we're not going to be around in you know 100 years, or you mm-hmm. know, so, so round numbers. We're all living very short lives. Mm-hmm. So. I would say this. I have tried to be intentional um, about, you know, how I spend the limited time I have on the planet, and um, I can tell you with conviction that, you know, I will take my dying breath. Trying to use psychological science to help kids thrive. I can't tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing on the last day of my life, but you know, maybe it'll be you know a scientific study on goal clarity. Maybe it'll be um, you know writing a book on on all of this science. But I do think that's the mission of my life, and for me, it's been um, you know a great way to live life. And I recommend it. You know, people cannot tell themselves in ten words or fewer what is my life professionally all about. Then I you to take that as a homework assignment and to work on it until you can. Hmm.
0: Is the stuff you do, I mean, all the stuff you described, I mean, is it fun for you also or is it is it is a lot of work?
1: That's a great question. I think that people are never successful until they find something that is both meaningful in a kind of moral sense, you know, ten words or fewer, this is what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Hmm. Um, and also fun yep. right and, and the magic of being able to do something that you feel is purposeful, and yet I can't believe they pay me for this, like mm-hmm. really yep. uh, you might feel that about you know interviewing people and like learning what you're learning i I feel that about science. I have a stack of papers um, by my bed, and if it's ten o'clock at night and I'm exhausted, like the fact that I would get to um, you know read a few before I go to bed and wake up to them like I'm like, what that's awesome." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've you know, I've interviewed as you know over two hundred people and I would say that the one thing that's totally uniform across a lot of the really, really successful that I've read is that they really enjoy what they do. They and they think it's fun. That's the thing. So I totally agree with that.
1: No no line between work and play. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Angela, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really, really appreciate your taking the time. It's been super inspirational and I'd love to check in with you in a few years to see if you've maybe written another book or see what else you're doing.
1: <laughs> Please do that. I would love that. I really enjoyed our conversation.
0: This is Richard Hsu and Angela Duckworth. Thanks.